Hey, hey everyone. Welcome to Home Energy Design. How to design a beautiful home and life and make sure it's energy aligned. I'm your host, Amanda Gates, and I'm an interior designer and feng shui practitioner. And these combined skills have made me a floor plan reading expert. Energy design is like astrology for your home and your life. And who doesn't want more of that? I believe in all things pretty. In fact, my team and I love the pretty. But what makes my firm different is that we can help you create designs that are also energy aligned to help you get the home and life you've always dreamed of. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, hey everyone, Amanda here, and I am so excited to share with you Michelle McGlade today, who is my guest. She and I are good friends. And the reason that I wanted to have her on is because I think a lot of my audience that listens to this show is going to resonate with her story. Michelle, like so many of you, did the path, the career path, the goal path, the life path that was expected of her. She went to college, she got the big fancy degrees, she went into corporate, and she had the big fancy successful career with all the promotions and all of the titles that make us feel fancy. The problem is, is that she did all this and she wasn't happy. She didn't like it. So after 15 years of living this inauthentic life, she decided that she wanted to really seek out her true purpose and this alignment into the woo. So she went back to school, became an acupuncturist, and got a couple more fancy degrees and ended up opening up a fantastic uh, clinic, an acupuncture clinic, that was also quite successful. But she then realized that as much as she loved the practice and loved helping her patients and her clients, is what she really loved was building things. And so I think that there are a lot of people that listen to the show. I know a lot of you are my clients that listen to this show and you're in these transition points in your life. And I think the biggest problem is, is that we try to fill expectations that come from other people, which also is clouded in this idea, this perception of what will people think. And so we're constantly trying to basically please other people and we fail to please ourselves. And so by doing these external things that are not filling us up, we then are not giving back and giving through a full cup because we ourselves are not happy. We're not whole. So I think you are going to really resonate with Michelle's story. It took her a little bit. It took her a couple of years to finally feel out where her flow is and determine what it is that she loves to do. But now she is truly living her purpose. She helps other entrepreneurs, other holistic practitioners put together and build, and she helps them build their empires. And this is Michelle's sweet spot. More than anything else, if you're listening to this today, I want you to hear Michelle's story about how long, one, how long it took her to get to her flow state, but also Success is never in a straight line. It's always these zigzags and lefts and rights and circles and we may go a little backwards and that is okay. All right, are you ready? Let's do this. 
Welcome to Home Energy Design. I'm super stoked. I've got Michelle McGlade on. I think you're going to love her. Uh, she and I have actually already blown through about 15 minutes here because we've been doing the chit chat because we have so many things in common and we go to a conference together, uh, which is probably why we've been chatting so much is because we love it. But anyways, welcome to the show, Michelle. Thank you for having me. So one of the things that I love um, about your story is how you kind of landed in the holistic world. When I was doing research on you, um, uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> you're all over the internet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know. It always still feels like somebody was like lurking in the wings watching or something. <laughs> well, what I loved about this is, is I think that the, the audience could really resonate with this is that you struggled with chronic illness. Um, and you were able to intuit this direction to, to give yourself, you know, the alternative to really seek out a better way. And mm -hmm. I think what I was so impressed about was this idea that you were so young, you know, and here you've got doctors saying, just take this pill. Mm -hmm. And even at a youthful age, you were like, I don't know, this doesn't feel right to me. Yeah. Um, so tell me about that. Tell me about this experience of you dealing with this chronic illness and kind of this idea of searching or being hungry for something other than the pills that they were offering. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I really appreciate you saying that. Nobody really said said that to me before, but that I was so young. I guess I never thought about it like that. But yeah, I have. Um, you know, I grew up in the standard American household, standard American diet. Um, no, nothing woo woo, nothing alternative. Very, very traditional. And had struggled with migraines most of my life, and then ended up really having that crescendo to the point where I was um, diagnosed with fibromyalgia and fully medicated. And I mean, you know, getting the trigger point injections, taking the antidepressants, taking the pills to sleep, taking the anti-seizure medication, taking the anti-migraine medication. So when I say fully medicated, I mean fully medicated. And I did weave a couple things in there that I knew of that actually felt alternative at the time. Like I tried some chiropractic care. I had a few massages, but I was not making any change in my life. And I mean, in my symptoms or in my lifestyle or my life and really just suffering. I mean, here's a time I'm in college. It should be like a really fun and happy time, but yet I was suffering greatly. I mean, I was really, really suffering and struggling and not feeling very good in my body and not feeling good about myself and having a doctor, somebody you respect and admire tell you you'll grow out of it. So those were the options that were given to me, uh, medication and you'll grow out of it. And I don't really know where this came from, but I will just call it a gift from the universe that I just didn't want to settle for that. I was interested in this not being my next, I didn't know, nobody knew what fibro was back then. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I think it felt very mysterious and um, I just didn't know what I was in for for 10 years from now, but I wasn't really even willing to settle for the next three or six months from now. That's how bad it was and how unhappy I was. 
Um, so I, you know, I give this gift to my flute teacher, actually. I don't know if I've ever wrote about this part, but, um, you know, I've been in music my whole life since fourth grade, started that instrument like everybody else and just kept with it. And so I was playing in college. And so my uh, individual flute instructor, she was the woo-woo person in my life. The only person that did like things that I thought would blow, you know, anybody's mind. Like I remember going to her house one time and she, she did aura readings. So she took a picture of my aura for me and did a reading. You know, she had like herbs all over her kitchen, like in jars. And she made food for us. She'd have everybody over and make food that was just so like very wholesome, holistic, natural, really nourishing kind of stuff. So she was just into other things, you know, teas and spices and like, I mean, everything, incense, the whole thing. She was woo-woo-y. And so she said to me one day, you know, cause she'd always ask how you're doing and she knew I was struggling. And she just said, well, has anybody even looked at your diet? Like, duh, no, I'm still drinking, you know, those flavored fruit juices and having cereal and graham crackers with peanut butter on it. No, nobody has asked me about my diet. <laughs> I'm eating like a college kid. <laughs> and she handed over this book. And oh my God, if I, I wish I had this book. I wish I had it written down because it was a real book. It was a soft cover book by a woman out of New Mexico. I remember that. I swear to God, the title was called Eating Healthy Through Your Plate, but I cannot find it anywhere. I cannot find that book. So it was either limited or she self-published or something. But I took that book and I read it cover to cover and I just adopted it as my Bible because it was the only thing that somebody had given me that suggested that this could help me. And so I followed it. And basically what it was, is it was an elimination diet. It was basically stop eating everything, <laughs> you know, eat very clean, very simple, and then slowly start adding things in. I, what I, I think is so great about this is the fact that you didn't have a woo background. Um, Nothing. <laughs> But, you know, I, I find it curious because I feel like a lot of people that are in the woo world have an enlightened moment like that, like a tipping point or a pivot point. And I remember when I was in high school, my mom was a home health nurse and she had a lot of um, terminal patients. And one of the patients that she uh, was visiting often had... I wanted to say pancreatic cancer, but that's usually pretty quick. It might've been liver cancer, but she had him as a patient for over five years and he was very healthy. He looked great. And I used to go with her on the, on the uh, rides to the homes in the summer. And he was probably maybe 75 or so, but I used to always ask him like, you know, how are you so chipper? How are you so happy? What is it that you're doing different? And I was only 15 or 16 at the time. And he said, darling, it's all about food. You can reverse everything through food. And I remember my 15 year old mind or my 16 year old mind going, huh? Like, what do you mean food? Like, why does that matter? And, and he too, he had a book on, um, I think it was his book. It was a self-published, like an antioxidants 
and it was all about fruits and vegetables and how you can heal disease through through clean eating and you know the word clean eating wasn't around back then i mean we're talking yeah. early 90s but i i think that you know internally especially when you're dealing with chronic pain chronic illness um i can't imagine you know, headaches are so bad. Migraines are debilitating. You know, like I can't imagine. I remember my girlfriend in college had fibromyalgia as well. And she would just be in so much pain all the time. And we would go to uh, poli sci chemistry classes and like we're learning some pretty heavy stuff. And she's not only trying to learn and focus, but deal with chronic pain. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what it feels like. I know what a migraine feels like, but I do know through Erica, just seeing her having to function, you know, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I barely got enough sleep and I wasn't eating right. And so I was exhausted trying to learn through that, but she was exhausted because of chronic pain and trying to learn through that. And so I can't imagine what that must've been like for you. Yeah. So after you meet, I, I called her the holistic organic eating flute teacher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what was what was that like after you read this book and started doing this elimination diet? Because I think there's a lot of people out there suffering from chronic pain. It could be premature arthritis, severe back pain from injury from something they've done, migraines. I feel like a lot of that is food-based. A lot of that is, and, and our Western medical system never looks at food. It's just, here's a pill, which irritates me. But what was that like for you to start doing that elimination diet? And how quickly did it start to turn for you? Yeah. Um, what was it like? Well, people thought I was crazy. Yeah. You know, I didn't have, I mean, I didn't have support. You know, I remember requesting, you know, certain groceries, like, because this, you know, I would stay with back at home with my family over the summer, things like that, or be home for the weekend. I was nearby my parents and like, they just thought it was crazy. They thought it was ridiculous. They thought it was expensive. They thought it tasted bad. I mean, you name all of the <laughs> preconceived notions around healthy eating basically. Um, but I was, I was determined and people always ask, how, how did this really work for you? I decided, I just made a decision one day, Amanda, that I wasn't going to be sick anymore and that I was going to do this and follow it. And, and I did, and I eliminated basically what happened is I eliminated all processed food and sugar. I figured out that dairy was a trigger for me. You know, I just figured out how to feel in my body, what food was doing to it what foods were doing what to it, what energized me, what, you know, triggered the headaches. And I just one day went off all the medication. Just Well, and it's probably hard to really sit in your body and know how you truly feel when you're so heavily medicated. It's yeah. like you're like floating on a cloud, like, well, I don't know, how do I feel? Yeah. <laughs> I don't feel anything, I'm numb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it's, I, I uh, when I was doing the research and saw you talk about the flute teacher, I, I said, I just kind of made a note, the teacher appears when the student is ready. So yeah, I, really right? like, um, I, I feel like that was very synchronistic and probably on a subconscious level, you know, there was probably uh, your thoughts being like, 
no, I'm not, I, this doesn't sit with me. I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. This isn't how I want my life to, to look. And so I think it's, um, on one hand, it's quite synchronistic. And on the other, it's like, well, no, you know, it, it, it appeared because you were ready. Um, and I, I find it funny too, that you said that a lot of people think that health food doesn't taste good and that it's weird and it's all that, which it's funny because now David and I, we've been eating clean for so many years and, and I'm a vegetarian and, and, you know, we, we eat very healthy, but when we go, like, say we meet with a, a group of uh, friends or a couple or something and go out to dinner, we can immediately taste if the food's been frozen, if it's highly processed, like we can taste it immediately because it tastes funny to us. Yeah. At one point, um, I think I did go back and like try a little bit of cereal or something or some chips or something like that, carby. And it tasted like cardboard to me. That's how much, how drastic my palate had changed. What was it like? Um, because I know that sugar and dairy are a big deal and I know that sugar is in everything. Yeah. Um, and I'm actually, I had the, so for those who are listening, something that you can do if you are curious about uh, things that you're sensitive to and allergic to, you can take what's called an ALCAT test. You have to go to a lab center. Uh, the one that we have here in Nashville is any lab test now is where you can go to get it. You'll have to look one up in your area or just Google ALCAT. But what it does is it kind of gives you... Um, it's a blood test that lets you know things that you're sensitive to. And so there's high alert, moderate alert, and, you know, you should probably be concerned, but not too concerned. And what I found was that sugar was on the high alert for me. And so it, it causes premature arthritis and things like that and joint pain and, and things like that. But I'm curious, you know, you were saying about how cereal or chips would taste funny. I have noticed that by cutting out sugar, um, if I do eat something that has sugar in it, it's so sweet that it almost gives me a headache. Have you experienced yeah. that? Yeah. It's like overload because on this specific, I remember back and on this specific diet, they said, if you have a craving, you know, have something very natural, like honey or maple or something like that. So there would be a moment where I was having a breakdown. So I'd just take a little taste of some maple syrup and it would be like, it would taste bad because it was so powerful. Yeah, so, so sweet. Powerful. Yeah. Um, so the, what I think is great about this is the tra this transition because you, you got <laughs> into this woo world. Um, what I loved about this is I think that the audience can really resonate with this is that you said that despite knowing that you were supposed to go further with the holistic stuff, you pushed through anyways and dove into corporate America. And I think that- I so did. I think that so many people can resonate with that because we all have that ping of, I should go over there, which is what you and I talked about on your show is this idea yeah. of, well, we know we should go over there, but we're going to go this way instead. So yeah. what was that like for you? Because I think that there, especially women, I think that there's a lot of women out there that have amazing gifts, amazing talents, and they're not giving to the world in the way that they should because they feel like, oh, well, I should go into corporate America. Yeah. I mean, you just have to look at how it was raised. I mean, it, what's really interesting is, of course, I can look back now and analyze it a little bit better. You know, I was 
I was raised to go to college. Neither of my parents went to college. And so this was the thing that you do, you know, you go to college, you get a good job, which equals money and stability. And that's their greatest dream for me. That was my greatest dream for myself. And the path that I clearly saw was going into corporate America. Actually, I worked in a company. I worked in a family owned company that eventually became a corporation and was sold to a major corporation. I was in that job for 10 years before I even got a, a real job. So like I was raised in a business, you know, like that was my first job. Um, and so I just didn't see anything else. And I wasn't in a family that really, that celebrated anything alternative, holistic, natural. I was a very sensitive and intuitive child. Probably why, if you wanted to get into the details of fibro, why that's, that manifested that way. But um, I think that I always had these intuitive gifts, but those types of gifts weren't recognized or celebrated or um, encouraged to flourish in the environment that I was raised in. So by the time that I'm getting this wake-up call, by the time that I'm learning and, and having interest in these alternative options, I am already well on the train to somewhere else. And in my mind, I didn't even know about a career path or an idea of um, something holistic. I mean, I remember thinking though, should I have done something medical? That's what where my mind went first. My mind didn't even go to, should I be, you know, an acupuncturist? Should I do something energet energetic healing? Should I do you know, um, anything along those lines, it said, oh, maybe I should have, you know, gone to med school, or maybe I should have been a physical therapist or something. And I just ignored it. <laughs> I just kept, I mean, I was graduating, I was going to be getting a job. And, and I, I did that very, very well, actually, it was very successful. I think a lot of people do. And I think a lot of people do what meets the expectations. I have a very good friend that on the day of her wedding day, She's in the bushes puking because she knows in her heart of hearts, this is not for her. It's not her path. And she knows it's not going to work out. And she doesn't want to be with this person. But mm. it had already been laid out. Everything had been paid for. Her parents had paid a fortune for it. And so she didn't feel like she had the right to say no. And wow. so five years later. Guess what? Yeah. yeah. So, and I mean, you know, not in line with the corporate stuff, but I, I know so many clients that go into this corporate world and, and, and especially women, you know, we, we, I feel like men are like, well, that doesn't work for me. I'm going over here. Whereas women are like, oh, but everybody's relying on me and they're expecting me to, and they're counting on me. You know, it's that nurture side of us. Um, and I, I yeah, we want to do the right thing. Right. And what I found curious, as you said, I, I just didn't see anything else. I didn't. And I think that a lot of people can resonate that with that too, because of the way that we are brought up. Um, it's that internal wisdom that it, I just uh, read a book uh, by Clarissa Estes, uh, Women Who Run With Wolves. And she talks about how the intuition for a lot of us, um, I think it's starting to change now, but that intuitive side that wild side of us that really knows we turn it off because it's, it doesn't meet the guidelines from our you know the people around us and the expectations so you go into corporate you do it very well which i'm not surprised um but what was the tipping point for you when when did you just kind of hit a wall like i cannot do this anymore i was um 
Yeah. So I moved, yeah, we moved around for my career and um, ended up out in Massachusetts. And I was, I guess, at the top of my game and I was up for a promotion um, and didn't get it. And I felt really held back. I mean, I should have been further. I, I thought I should have been further along in that company, but I felt it was, it's kind of like a legacy company. And so I felt like you had to do your time and I wanted to go fast. That's what I had done in the other companies I had been in. And so I felt very held back and I felt very discontent at this time, even though I was doing really well. And I, by the way, it was 2008. <laughs> oh, so there was that. There was that. And, um, and I was feeling a lot more confident in myself. This is what the difference was, is I was more confident in myself that I put my mind to it. I can do whatever I want to do. Like that have switched for me somewhere, you know, along my journey. And I was discontent and I didn't get this promotion that I wanted. And I said, to hell with it. I'm leaving. I love it. I think that, uh, the tenacity to be in a cushy job, have the money, meeting all the expectations, doing the trajectory that you're supposed to do and to say, nope, this ain't working for me. Tried it, been there, done it, I'm done. Um, I think it takes a lot of balls to do that. I think it takes a lot of courage to do that, to walk away from a salary, walk away from the security, um, I'm curious though, you know, cause this is one of my favorite topics. What has it been like for you having that corporate experience and then going into the woo world of acupuncture and having a very successful practice? Like, what was that like? That was a huge transition. I now remember like I was, I'm a high achiever. So no, I didn't I, get that from you at all. <laughs> Just let me call it out. Let me say the obvious. Um, so I was fully defined by my job, very fully defined by my job. And I didn't think through any of this, by the way. I just went with, this is the moment, these are moments where I went with gut, heart, and what, you know, like totally jumping without seeing. Um, Which is the best way to do it. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> if I knew then what I knew now, um, no. The, the, the gift that I received is that I chose um, to become a, an acupuncturist. And because I wanted to be a practitioner, I didn't want to have to go back all the way to med school. And this was a full holistic, uh, you know, practice. And so it was a really good fit for me, but I needed to go back to school to do that. So this is the gift because that three-year time period allowed me to really let go. I call this grieving the dream, let go of who I was to really let go. It was very humbling to go back to school, to be on the same playing field with everybody else. They did not care what I did before or any of that stuff. Um, and it really was a nice amount of time to just let go and really just become what, what was really inside of me all along, just to be allowed to express that I how I feel about energy, um, my sensitivities, my intuitions to you to start using those gifts in a, a practical setting with clients, you know. So that time period was very, very important for me as much as I hated it. I hated going back to school. I mean, I had just finished an MBA program 
and so that was very difficult for me. <laughs> I love though that you said that it allowed you to become who you needed to be because I think that um, it's literally, we call that a come to Jesus meeting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you really had to, um, so many of us go through this where we have a regeneration, you know, it, it's like a death and a rebirth. You rise from the Phoenix and it's mm -hmm. like, we have to go through that. We have to be stripped away of all the bullshit and the perceptions and the perspectives that we have so that we can emerge in this new way of being the correct yeah. way of being because that's what's going to put you on the right path but i think yeah. that what's so valuable about being in the other world is that it really allows you uh, you can't really um succeed without comparison so you know if you had dove straight into the holistic thing and it probably would have been fine but you wouldn't have had the comparison to know if you had made the right decision so yeah. now you have that wisdom. I do. And I look back and, you know, some, I've had a couple of people ask me, they say, well, you didn't really need to become an acupuncturist. I mean, what I really wanted to do ultimately was own my own business. And, um, and now I'm not even practicing acupuncture. So it's very easy to look back and say, oh my God, all that money, all that time. But that was really time um, that was a gift to me. It really softened me. I actually ended up having um, a skating accident as well while I was in school, which um, was quite an adventure and, and softened me e even more. So it was really the time where I got to be, I think, the healer that I, I really am, you know, the healer, the healer that I really am. Did you uh, experience any kind of, and probably at this point, you're, you know, very confident what it is that you want. So it probably didn't matter. But did you feel any pushback from friends or family? Did you feel any pressures, anything like that going into the woo world? I think my, I can still remember this quote from my brother. What are you going to do? Grow your hair down to your butt and wear long skirts now like a hippie? <laughs> because can you imagine like I'm not running around with oils and salt crystals and I mean, I'm not running around doing this before, you know, I'm in corporate doing really well, moving all over the country. It looks very glamorous, you know? And so I think people thought I was crazy. I mean, people close to me, no one said it except for my brother who will always say what he's thinking. And they were just really wondering why the heck I would want to do this. And, and, and that isn't even a real career. I mean, the whole thing, I know people were thinking it. When that shift changed, because there was a clear change, is when I, op I right out of school, I opened my clinic. And when people would come to the clinic, they would see, oh, now I get it. Now, here's the Michelle I know, right? Her business, her business looks very professional. It's very successful. And that's when that, then it became, I think, okay again. Interesting. So <laughs> my perception, by the way, but I, right. <laughs> but one of the things that I love is, you know, that you are confident, you're determined, you are an overachiever. Um, you know, for those who are listening that have that inner voice and it's probably soft, but that inner voice or inner truth saying, you really should be doing this, or wouldn't it be great if we did this? Remember how much you love to cook? Remember how much you love to do energy? You know how you can see or feel things? Mm -hmm. If they have that inner ping, 
<clears throat> what would you say to them? Because, you know, I think there's definitely a group of us that are just like, frick it, we're going to do it. Like, yeah, <laughs> we're going to put blinders on and we're not going to pay attention and we're just going to do it. But there are people out there that are just absolutely terrified and scared and mm -hmm. the pressure from friends and family can be quite hard and it, it takes a lot of courage and, you know, to t turn down the security. So what do you say to those people that, um, do have this beautiful gift that they can share with the world, but they aren't sharing it out of fear. Yeah. Well, if you really, um, first of all, if you focus on my story, I was, the, I was just like you. I just waited until the universe was like hitting me over the head with a pan. I mean, I was in corporate for 15 years. Okay. So I just told you when I was like 18, 19, 20, this was happening to me. And I thought I should be doing that work. I waited 15 years. So it, I'm really in the same place as you because I, I mean, I was so fearful, but I just waited instead of listening to the inner voice, I waited until it wouldn't shut up, you know? Um, but for those people, I hear this all the time. It's easier for you, Michelle, because um, you have this resource and I don't, you know, we all have our crap. It wasn't easier for me. I've made a lot of difficult decisions in my life that have affected my, me and my family. And, um, those were my choices and I own them. So you have to make your choices. So what's right for you and your life. And it doesn't have to always be this. Um, you can, I'm going like this, this dramatic leap. Like I waited until I couldn't deny it. And so I had to make this dramatic leap. I had to, there, it just wasn't an option anymore for me. But you, you know, if you have this quiet voice and you're not feeling that big of a push, like you're going to die if you don't do this, you know, you take a step, you get clear on where you want to go. Clarity is everything. And you take a small step today towards it. And when you do that and you have the clarity and you're willing to open the door just that little bit, the universe rewards that greatly. You will be sh shocked. It really, really does. So in, I think that's where people lose focus is they're like, I want to be way over here. You know, I want to be on the Oprah show and I want to make this huge impact and I want to have all these books. And they just shut themselves down by their greatest dream instead of just focusing on the one or two steps towards that dream. And, and, and deciding today that that's what they're going to do, no matter how long that it takes. And I think that's the biggest um, existential crisis is that, especially with social media, you know, you go on Instagram and everybody's lives, the entrepreneurs look so glamorous. They're making hundreds of thousands of dollars doing their dream. And it's like, if you've got this little ping that you want to do something differently, you do, you want to go leaps and bounds and just be there already. And I think that that's where the crisis is, is that to me, the sweetness is in the journey. The sweetness mm -hmm. and the lessons are the, you know, there's, there's always that meme or that diagram where success is not in a straight line. It's like all of these curves and whips and backs and forth, but that is where the magic is. Because yeah. when you emerge from that, that's when you know who you are, you know how you can serve, you know what your purpose is. And at that point, you are so defined, you're ready for Oprah. So yeah. that to me is where you need to be to really define what it is that you're going to give back to the world. Um, 
you're basically signing up for a personal journey. And I know for myself, and I think everybody listening would agree, I don't want it all dumped on me at once. I don't think I could handle that. You know, you you got to take it in bite-sized pieces. I mean, I'm sitting here today talking to you. I did not envision this part at all. This is not, this wasn't in the plan. You know what I mean? So it's going to constantly evolve and change. Well, I think that's where the sweetness is, is that if you plan too much and you, you put it out too much, like you said, when you align with the, the, the purpose and you align with where your flow state is, that's where the universe provides. And it, it knows things and brings you things that are at such a greater, beautiful scale that you can't even imagine. I know. And that's the best part is you think you're going, you know, to the right and, you know, something out of left field comes and you're like, holy shit, this is amazing. I didn't even, wow. Like I wouldn't have even dreamed this, but I love this. Like what a great opportunity. Yes. And the key going back to what I said is that it's not going to come unless you start taking small steps towards a direction and then it will come. Yeah. I think that's great advice. Um, I think that, you know, for anybody who's wanting to pivot or do something differently, you know, you can't, you know, comparison is the thief of joy. So don't look at what other people are doing. You have to figure out what works for you and what's best for you. Um, Michelle and I were actually just talking, uh, before the show about how, you know, we're both living our purpose and like all of these amazing things are happening to us. We're like, it's too much. It's too much. We don't want this much. <laughs> yeah, be careful what you ask for. You might just get it. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. So it gets to be too much. But one of the things that you said on your website was that you really believed that the Western approach is broken and we need to start looking at the emotional causes of disease. And I so agree with that because I think what happens is, is that when we aren't living in that flow state and living in our true alignment, that's where disease occurs. It's that dis-ease. I would throw in and take it a step further and say, we also need to look at our environments, but that's the feng shui practitioner talking in me. (laughs) Um, There's a reason why I'm in Vermont. You know, I wanted to surround myself with something different that filled me up. And beautiful. Um, But I think that, you know, what we're talking about today, this idea of denying your true purpose and denying what your greatest purpose and gifts are to the world that is where that emotional distress comes from. Um, and it, it starts to percolate and that's where the disease comes from. And so you had mentioned that a little bit earlier ago, you know, about the fibromyalgia and the headaches and, you know, people don't really realize it's like that kind of starts out in our emotional body. And as we ignore it, it starts to get closer and then boom, it turns into an, a physical disease of some sort. Autoimmune um, is definitely an emotional disease. And it's because I wasn't expressing because I was, you know, it really, I can look back. I know what I was like as a child. I was so shy and introverted and I didn't let things out. You've got to let things out, you know, which women don't typically do. (laughs) We're people pleasers. We want to make sure everybody's happy. We put Uh, our issues in our tissues. It's more comfortable. (laughs) talking about the (laughs) one-liners I've been saying that one for a while I was like I should trademark that I don't know (laughs) um 
so now you've moved on from your clinic and now mm -hmm. you're helping other uh, practitioners. You found that that's really your sweet spot is helping. Mm -hmm. You found out that your sweet spot is you love to build shit. And I do. I, I'm a great builder. And if you look at all the roles I've had, you know, even in corporate, I, I built relationships. Um, I did business development and I, you know, moving on into the holistic world, I built my, I had a couple of clinics. I like building businesses. I'm great at it. I'm great at starting and getting things off the ground. So how do you, what does that look like? How do you um, really take what you've learned um, and probably, you know, the corporate, the 15 years in corporate was probably quite a foundation for you because that's the business stuff. How do you now take all this wealth of information that you have and help people build shit? How do you, what is, what have you been able to do for other practitioners? You know, here's how I do it. I think that most people just focus either on the tactics and the strategies and the, the how to's, or they focus on the mind and the heart. I, I focus on both. So that's my, and I'm, I'm uniquely positioned to do that because I, I, I am a healer. I'm a practitioner. I'm, I understand the emotional aspects of and how that influences you in your life and your business. But I understand the strategies and the tactics too. So like, it's really fun to be able to drill into both of those pieces. That's what um, creates energy and momentum for success because you can teach people all the things, all the things to do. You can actually go out on the internet and get all the things to do, you know. But if, if you don't really um, uh, dig into the fears, the forms of self-sabotage, um, the issues, <laughs> the tissues, <laughs> um, and really help to build the person and the confidence, then it, it's not going to be a good recipe for success. And when you do both of those, you ask what kinds of results that you get for clients. I mean, it's amazing. It's so heartwarming. I, I, I actually woke up this morning to a testimonial basically of a woman I spent an hour with coaching for an hour. She had, was getting zero clients, like zero, she was getting leads and talking to people, but she wasn't getting, turning them into clients. So we created a situation where she would ask people to pay for the free consultation. So then she knew they were more interested and then um, coached her to convert them into clients. She got nine out of nine in one month. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so those are those are tactics, right? But that's building the person, building the confidence, empowering them. I think I really empower and inspire women is what I do. But, um, you know, other examples, you know, I had a brand new practitioner, which was she opened her doors with 20 clients. She, she had 20 clients scheduled when she opened her practice. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think too, I think one of the things that you really help practitioners do is that sometimes we can't see the forest for the trees, you know, cause we're so close to it. And so you need somebody on the outside looking in going, but this is what makes you special. Yeah. You know, sometimes we're so close to it. We can't see it. Yeah. I feel like, you know, this has kind of developed over time. I'm, I actually really am kind of nerdy and I love to do puzzles and I do them fast because I can see spatially how they go together and I can this way like this goes here this goes and it annoys my husband by the way but I can I have a strategic brain so I can do that with your information as well so exactly what you you're saying people are in their own situation standing there and they're like two inches from all the thousand pieces they can only see a few and if those few aren't fitting together they're totally stuck 
But my gift is to just sit back and see all 1,000 and then just start connecting them for people in a meaningful way because I don't, I mean, my main value is that people do not build a cookie cutter business. Like that is a core part of my company and, and what I do is I want to teach and empower people to build the business of their dreams, not the business of my dreams, you know? So do you typically work with new practitioners that are starting out, seasoned practitioners, or all of the above? All of the above. I work with um, the best kind of people because I, and the reason I don't differentiate is because there could be a brand new practitioner who's like me. That would be a perfect fit. They're, they're going to figure it out. They're going to take action. They just need somebody to help keep them between the lines, you know? <laughs> And then, you know, the seasoned people, they want, they want a little something different, but to be honest, they still have the same challenges. It, they're just at different levels. Yeah. Different levels. Well, they've been grinding a little bit longer. They're tired. They need to go back to self-care. They need to outsource. Um, a lot of them want to take, you know, some of their, like create a course, take some of their content online, get out of the one-to-one. -one. Uh, of course, that's a sweet spot for me because I've done both now. So I understand both sides of it. I love that. But I do well, love the newbies. I love the newbies. They're fun. <laughs> like if you can save people the, the, um, the tears. <laughs> well, and they're so fresh and excited and yeah. you know, overconfident. And like they, they haven't, like you said, they haven't been worn down and, and jaded right. from it all yet. Yeah. So that's not my main, but if I find the right ones, I'm definitely willing to invest in them. Yeah. I love it. Well, Michelle, thank you for coming on the show today. I knew that this was going to be an enlightened uh, conversation, and I know that my audience is going to love this because I know I've got several uh, clients that listen to the show and a ton of fans that are kind of in this spot where they're either just starting out in the woo-woo or they are wanting to tra transition and just don't know how. So if they're interested in working with you, how do they stalk you? Where do they find you? Yeah. I mean, michellemcglade.com. It's, it's the best place to go. I'll, you know, the contact information's there. You can basically hunt me down. <laughs> so michellemcglade.com. I will also have this in the show notes. So if you guys are interested, you can go over to our website, which is gatesinteriordesign.com. All of Michelle's information will be there along with her website. Um, and you can check her out and she will be more than happy to work with you. She's a kick-ass chick who can get your shit straight. So I encourage all of you to go over there and check her out. <laughs> My new tagline. I'm writing it down. <laughs> Thank you, Amanda. So listen, I really wanted to put this podcast together for all of you, my listeners, because I resonate with everything that Michelle said today. For years, people wanted to pigeonhole me as an interior designer and that was all I was good for, that I couldn't possibly have a podcast like this where I teach and bring you beautiful, amazing people and beautiful, amazing resources outside of the pretty because I was just an interior designer. So by doing our truest gift, and as many of you know, mine is feng shui and energy around homes, which is how I achieve designs that are energy aligned, I'm able to serve and give back to the world in big ways. I'm so excited because in September, we're going to be doing and devoting the entire month of September to clients that have worked with us and the transformations that we've been able to give to them. 
and had I pigeonholed myself as just interior designer, as many people would like me to be and possibly see me as just that, when you hear these people's stories and the transformations that they have had because we have gotten the energy right, I would not have been able to serve in such big ways and give back in such big ways. So don't allow whatever the story is that you're telling yourself or whatever the stories that you're being told from others around you, don't allow those to define you because it is up to you to decide what fills you up and what fills your cup because through that you will reach alignment and give back and serve in the biggest ways. And hey, the world needs you and the world deserves it. All right, everyone. I am your host, Amanda Gates. I hope that you've enjoyed this show today on home energy design. If you want more information, you can head on over to our website, which is gatesinteriordesign.com. You can uh, type in Michelle's information in the search bar and her uh, podcast uh, information will come up with the show notes. So you can get all her information there if you can't find her. If you like the show, head on over to iTunes or Stitcher and be sure to leave a review or give us a five-star rating. We love to see those little stars. It makes us feel important. It also helps us rank better, which is a good thing so that more people can find us, but also because it makes us feel good. <laughs> Me and the girls appreciate it. So yeah, if you'd like to email us, you can reach out to us at letschat at thegatescompany.com. All right, I think that's pretty much it for now. All right, everyone, trust the vibe because the energy never lies. Mm -hmm.